Welcome back to Broken Picture Podcast. Long time no see, guys. I'm Daniel. I'm Amy. I'm Brad. And this is our last quest for the best that we will be doing. Uh, and it's a big one, literally. It's the epic, the legendary 1962's Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> As I said, Lawrence Arabia, 1962. It stars Peter O'Toole, fabulous, by the way. Mm-hmm. Alec Guinness, Anthony Quinn, Jack Hawkins, Omar Sharif, and no women. Not whatsoever. a single woman <laughs> speaks in this movie. Yeah, and there's barely any screen time. It's uh, for any women. It's uh, it's a boys' club up mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, very male centric. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this movie's three hours and forty five minutes long. Amy, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a real broad stroke, Amy, what happened. I get it because there's no women in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the movie begins when Lawrence is killed in a motorcycle accident. Kind of like Citizen Kane, we open Mm. essentially on his funeral after his death. And a reporter is trying to ask a bunch of people at the funeral like what they knew about him, if they knew him. When they'd met him, um, but they they all seemed to say like, "Oh, I had the honor of shaking his hand once, or he worked with me for a time." But no one seemed to know the real man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we jump back in time to the First World War, and Lawrence is in the British Army, and he's stationed in Egypt, and he ends up being sent to Arabia to um, judge the. I, I full disclosure, I had the Wikipedia page open because it's just <laughs> the easier thing to do right now. Yeah. Uh, so they send him to assess the prospects of uh, Prince Faisal, who's played by Alec Guinness, in his revolt against the Turks. So that's essentially mm-hmm. the main conflict is the the British against the Turks and who they can glean as allies yeah. in this quest. Yeah, because the British has interests in the mm-hmm. Arabian Peninsula. Yes. Which is the same thing as Arabia, I learned from watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when he gets there, his guide is killed by Sheriff Ali, played by Omar Sharif, for drinking from his well without permission. And that sort of sparks uh, Lawrence's obsession with somewhat bringing peace between the, the various colonies that mm-hmm. occupy the Arabian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So Lawrence meets the prince. He spends a bunch of time getting to know that part of the world and sort of falling in love with the culture and the people and um he ends up winning over many of the people there uh, except for sheriff ali who ends up being an ally of prince faisal until lawrence uh one night they are trekking across uh, a very treacherous desert in order to do an attack and one of uh, the prince's men falls off his uh, camel and it goes unnoticed until lawrence realizes it in the morning and he turns back and he goes to rescue him and then Ali welcomes him in, gives him Arab robes to wear, really accepts him as one of his own. And then uh, when Lawrence eventually has to return to Egypt to kind of provide an update of what has happened, he's sort of shunned in turn by the British army for being so part of the culture that he has gone to observe. And he also has to later, um, he kills this man that he rescued 
um, because he kills another man in combat. And that's, yeah, there's like a blood feud. There's happening. a bit of a blood feud happening, yeah. and that's not cool. And Lawrence realizes that he has a bit of a bloody thirst for murder, mm-hmm. which he does not like in himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then doesn't sort of deny later on in the film, which is very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he he plots this this tactic to kind of overrun the Turkish garrison, and mm-hmm. uh, feels very compelled by his actions um and then later is very upset by them and i i guess the easiest way to say it is that in the the second act of the film he he sort of becomes this folk hero of mm-hmm. the arabian peninsula and as opposed to his earlier time there when he felt very um kind of modest about who he was it really embraces it and i think mm-hmm. definitely purports himself to be sort of a god among men mm-hmm. and uh then eventually um, he, they try to set up a council for the city. It doesn't work. Yeah. And he gets sent back to England, basically being of no use to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then he dies in the motorcycle accident. Yeah. That is the the very, <laughs> very broad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, There's, I guess like the movie is mostly about, uh, yeah, those two big attacks on Aqaba and Damascus. I yes. Think two ones. But just stretched out. So you're seeing it happen very slowly and patiently and y- yeah. lots of slow, wide pans of deserts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as those are kind of broad strokes of the plot, that's not to say that there's like two. It's not like it's a dense movie. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. Though I it can I guess it can I guess yeah it's not dense but it can also seem confusing if you're not familiar with World War One geopolitics which we are not which we are not we no. should say and also that made the movie a little hard to get into um, and a little hard to comprehend as you're watching it yes mm. if you're not familiar with that point in history and that part of the world at that time in history yeah uh, which none of us really are yeah but that being said having watched it and reflecting back on it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting situation. Pretty interesting story, and like oh, for all, sure. all true. Like yeah. Lawrence of Arabia was is the name of the autobiography written by Lawrence himself. Yes, T. E. Lawrence is his name. Yes, the, who was the real man who actually was an ambassador to uh, Arabia uh, for the British and actually did have a lot of sympathy for the people living in the Arabian Peninsula and also was, yeah, sort of was trapped between, you know, his, the empire he belonged to, the British mm-hmm. empire, who obviously had interests in the Arabian Peninsula, um, but also with sympathies for all these, um, all the tribes and cultures mm-hmm. that he actually met, which is, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an epic tale, but it really is about this one guy at the nexus of it all. Yeah. It's good. I just don't know if it had to be that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it needed to be three hours forty five. That's what I mean. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not like if you if you were like like a, a man gets like sucked into the real world and what we think is real is a computer. That's like broad strokes of the Matrix, and there's a right. lot to dig into there. Yeah. Lawrence Arabia is just kind of like yeah, a guy ends up in the Arabian Peninsula because he's not very. He's not, from what I remember, he's not a good soldier. They're just like, like I feel like they were just kind of like, what do we do with this guy? I guess yeah, we can yeah. Send him there. That's definitely a theme. Is like he doesn't fit in necessarily. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so uh, he kind of accidentally like falls in love with where he ended up. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like there's a there's not a lot of intricacies I don't think it's a lot of big wide desert shots. well there's a lot yeah. of military intricacies but yes. yeah. that's, that's it though like there aren't even a lot of interpersonal intricacies right. mm-hmm. or um, yeah like plot intricacies like mm-hmm. anything 
that has to do with the plot is solely based on like a military operation execution and it's yeah. minutia yeah which yeah, just yeah. goes clear over my head for sure yeah and i suppose it makes sense considering it's a world war one story mm-hmm. but yeah it, it makes it somewhat hard to dig into um which is why i think for me like my, my lasting impression after watching the film is thinking about lawrence the guy yes lawrence the man me too mm. uh and kind of the kind of interesting dilemma he finds himself in especially the the whole point about him sort of being aware that he kind of enjoys killing mm-hmm. um, and ha- is forced to do so on, on numerous occasions for for in service of these bigger political aims, um, which is kind of interesting and I think says a lot about war itself, how you're forcing individuals to make choices based on far, far bigger macro kind of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um circumstances or politics that they cannot control yeah. but find themselves in the middle of. Um, yeah, and he's not necessarily a good man all the way through. Oh, certainly not. Yeah. So he's just kind of an, he's an interesting character. He executes he, a man. He executes a man. And he liked it. But then he was he's disturbed by how he liked it. But then, yeah. but then as Amy was saying, he, later on he actually, it seems to overcome him again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to wonder whether he had, he sort of gained a certain a fatalistic quality uh, being that he seemed to be driving that bike really recklessly. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have minded mm-hmm. if he if he just died. Certainly or, hope not. Or he felt <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know, maybe maybe he felt a certain invulnerability, but but then it, you know, even he can die. So and he's, there's a lot to unpack about him um which I think is is if you aren't familiar with the politics of the time. Uh, makes the film at least engaging in retrospect. Yes. I get, but even then, I think I feel a little. Uh, I would like. I'm left wanting more. I want mm. less military intricacy and more Lawrence, because mm-hmm. he's also um, like played very like flamboyantly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I. One th- of you say that he was he was gay in real life. I did. Yeah. And yeah. I he was is. looking into he was. it. It was. It was one of those things that is. Uh, spoken about as much as you could speak about it. Right. Don't uh, ask, in don't his, tell. In his biography and mm. um, in every report about him that, yeah. like, people pretty much knew he was gay. Yeah. But he also had a reputation for being a liar in real life and, mm. like, mm. was constantly fabricating his stories. And there's that scene where he talks about how um, his mother and father weren't married, so he's kind of just collected a various assortment of names throughout his life because mm. he doesn't have the nobility of his father. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um but it's still it as it's portrayed on screen, the man the man is gay. Yeah. But that and I but I'm far more interested in that. Yeah. Like I wish that had been explored more in the in the film. Which I guess then comes down to the fact that I mean this film came out in nineteen sixty two. Totally, yeah. Um would that have been a subject that a movie from that era would have delved into? And, well, is interestingly, there is a play called Ross, which is about Lawrence of Arabia, okay. and that delves into it very deeply. Interesting. Hmm. But I guess the film wanted to take the more militaristic approach and less about the man. Yeah. Well, especially given the, um, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you can talk about Lawrence of Arabia without talking about the fact that it was shot in 70 millimeter on like super Panavision mm-hmm. lenses, whatever, which was like a new thing then. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole idea of like anamorphic widescreen wasn't new, but this was like the newest one, I think, mm-hmm. that was released at the time. Um, and it was, And so it's like the movie itself, I think, uh, was made as much as a spectacle piece mm-hmm. as it is a character piece. 
Yeah. Which I think you can would you really feel when there's so many wide shots of the desert, these slow, long pans. And yeah. they are gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. The cinematography is actually quite spectacular. It is, yeah. yeah. It's a very beautiful film. But they're definitely milking it. They yeah. were milking yeah. it. And um but at the same time, it is it is really impressive though, visually. I think, especially given the fact that it's from 62 and just the scale of the production design alone, quite impressive. I, I do kind of wonder if we had watched it projected on a screen for 70 millimeter cinemascope, mm. if we would be less frustrated by those long shots and more kind of hypnotized by them. W- would the movie be shorter? <laughs> no, <laughs> but but in a, in a theater setting, when you're you know in a dark room, no, no. you're closed. There's no mm-hmm. there's no yeah. outside influence happening around you. Sure. You can just absorb the movie. That's something that I've been thinking if about. If it would be more it. entrancing, yeah. Mm. And that gets into a whole conversation of like, you know, in my mind, a movie should be good whether you watch it like on a laptop or on a big screen. Agreed. However. I mean, it is a technological art form, and yes. there is there always been like technological advancements in the art form for the sake of more, you know, bigger, louder, etc. And I don't think you can divorce that from the art form. So there are cases where I do think some movies are technically better suited for bigger screens. Agreed. And, oh, and totally. this one is probably one of those films where it's yeah. like, yeah, sure, it's still good when you watch it on a TV screen at home. Still an interesting movie, but to see it big in 70 mil, like that's the way it was meant to be seen. I, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it would be gorgeous, and I think I'd be more taken visually, but at the end of the day, I'd still be like, it's a long movie. It's yeah. Long, it's, 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 a, it's a long movie. <laughs> it's your day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like like you, you, you have your day to watch Lawrence. I feel like. I mean, you have about 20 hours left, but yeah. Yeah, but like eight of those you're sleeping. <laughs> and then you're like, if you're, you're get, lucky. You're getting, Ooh, you're getting. Ru- look at Dan sleeps eight hours a night. <laughs> I don't actually. Um, but I mean, it takes up a big chunk of your day. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. I mean, we this. we got dinner after we watched Lawrence of Arabia, and we got there at one o'clock. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a long one. Um, yeah. I don't know. At the same time, I, I I certainly would if I would I feel like I would want to watch it again. Now is that I kind of know what it is mm-hmm. and mm. like the kind of beast that it is, um, and and then I think and I would certainly, but I, I think I would want to see it like in a theater. Like I wouldn't just sit down at home and be like, right. I'm going to just watch Lawrence today. Mm. I, I think I'd go to like the light box when they inevitably play it in 70 mil again. Yeah, and be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to have a day. I'm going to watch Lawrence Arabia and see it on the big screen. I think that'd be cool. Maybe. <laughs> I think I think if I put myself in a position, if I imagined myself getting a text from like one of you being like, "Hey, Lawrence Arabia is like playing at like Lightbox in a week. Do you want to go?" I'm fifty fifty. <laughs> I'm like maybe. Mm. It's, it's a big a, commitment. It's a Sunday it and I got nothing else to do. Sure. <laughs> if you don't mind, if I fall asleep, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know because I don't. I I I I think I enjoyed it the least of the three of us. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I... Keeping I, on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Some things never change. I mean, mil- military movies are, I would say, like my my least favorite broad strokes genre of movie. Mm. Without getting into like too, mm. too niche stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I can't honestly say that I enjoyed that element of it, but Lawrence is so fascinating. And I think it's it's just one of those films that I think is a classic 
and has been considered a classic for a reason for so long that mm. I, I I respect it, I think, a lot more than I enjoy it. Mm. Totally. Nailed it. Uh, I mean, for you guys, like, what what factors in this film, like, do you think make it such a classic? Is it the visuals? Is it the story? Like, why why is it just the fact that it's long? Like, this did win a bunch of Oscars, yes. yes. Like this one, like Best well, yeah, Picture and everything yeah. back in the day. So think, like it was it's significant there, but not every Oscar movie people give a shit about now. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a certain prestige to it that I think is maybe alluring. Yeah. Yeah, and I think. I think what's so classic about it is that even for its time, it's a very subtle film. Yeah. Just with with its length and its uh, attention to detail and mm-hmm. the plotting and the execution of, of the things that happen, it's not it doesn't over sensationalize a lot of things that it could, mm-hmm. especially for the time. And I think it's just such an enigmatic and fascinating performance by Peter O'Toole. Mm. Yeah. Apo- like on top of the technical merits. Yeah, that's true. Like there there is something about just like he's very handsome he's got these beautiful blue eyes this like gorgeous blonde hair mm-hmm. there's something about his his aesthetic that's just kind of timeless it still looks great yeah um and the relationship between him and sheriff ali the omar sharif character mm-hmm. is genuinely very interesting yeah mm-hmm. yeah and also too um like it's it's i think we talked about this while we were watching it or like afterwards but about the you know there there is brown face in this movie. Yes, oh, Alec, yeah. Alec Guinness is playing a, a a brown man. Yes, and and the whole thing. But I think you were saying, Amy, that actually like it could have been a lot worse. Yes, like I, I, like it's bad and it's not it doesn't excuse the fact. But like yeah, but my blanket statement is brown face is bad regardless. Of course, we we do <laughs> just, not. I just want we, to clarify. Yeah, we do not. Any of us like. Want to uh, encourage that behavior? It's not good. <laughs> Wrapping up the podcast with some hot takes. <laughs> but the accent could have been way worse. This isn't like the John Wayne and the Conqueror. This isn't John Wayne and the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. This isn't um, even like Mel Brooks and Blazing Saddles. Like mm. there's, there have been far more insensitive portrayals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that Alec Guinness at the very least has given his character, Brownface aside, yeah. has played the character with the respects he would give any other character. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, not a good thing to do. No. Uh but it is one it's of those It's not Mickey Rooney and Breakfast with Tiffany's. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and it, and it's like Alec Guinness isn't a major, major character, so you actually don't see him a ton. I thought he was going to be in it a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like, a lot of the other characters, like Omar Sharif, you know, mm-hmm. is actually a, a person from that part of the world, so, like, that makes sense. And, and also, like, just the—I was surprised. I, th- I thought the whole story would feel more, like, insensitive and racist. Yeah. Like, but it does it does give equal weight, I think, to the British characters and all the Arabian characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it it still feels remarkably like even and nuanced between those two worlds. Yeah, like they're they're, they're no side is being dehumanized necessarily. Yeah, um, at least in in no more than like people actually back then would have. Exactly. Like in World War One, like talked about one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, as like different different cultures, and of course, it's you know it's sixty two. 
the mores are very different. Exactly. From, no yeah. one would have thought anything of it in 62. Yeah. They would have yeah. said, oh, of course Alec Guinness is going to play the prince in this film. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it, no one would have batted an no eye. No one batted an eye. Yeah. So it comes from this like weirdly innocent place, kind of. Yeah. Which yeah. is, there's always a thing when, yeah, when you're watching films from decades past. I'm sure we've, it's come up before. Yeah. Of course. And it always will. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was surprisingly not like, gut-wrenchingly insulting. I think we can say it's, like, not gut-wrenchingly offensive as a group of, like, white people. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, for sure. Maybe like, offensive to other people. I absolutely don't know. Could Can't be. speak to their experience. Yes. Very but, true. totally. I think what we're saying here is Alec Guinness did a good job. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good performance of a character he should not have played. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, fair. I think that's fair to say. Uh, but I want to get I I I I do I want to get back to the point that you made about like it's a, it's I think it's a well balanced movie. Yeah, mm. for sure. It's just a it's it's just so dang long. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough how long this movie is. I mean, I and I'm always of the opinion that like you know if like in your. I, it's always hard because I I feel like like I don't want to like shit on a movie just for its length. Mm-hmm. Like if it's good at three hours, like great. Yeah, Make sure. it a three hour movie. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is a great movie. Exactly. So like in it, it, movies can work at that length. Yeah. But um but yeah, with this one I'm I'm a little bit more critical because I obviously don't want to say it's bad just because it's long. But mm-hmm. it, you do feel a little bit. I did feel a little bit when we were watching. It's like, okay, some of these scenes probably yeah. didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. It probably could have been like around three hours, actually, and it would have been about the same experience. Yes. Yeah. Probably. This, like it's not. Uh, yeah. No. Nothing against a long movie. I'm. Yeah. I'm happy to be fucking gluttonous on on good cinema. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> just uh, devour it for I'm, so long. Sure. Mm. Um. I just. I. I think. I don't know if I feel like it fully earned all three and a half or three mm. hours. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. that That's a good is. word. Yeah. Too. yeah. Earned. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's fair to say. And then I think probably, I mean, again, going back to the whole technical spectacle thing. Technical spectacle. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, who knows? They, that The ballooned runtime might have been um, them just being excited for all these amazing, gorgeous shots they got on yeah. location. And, like, dragging that, you know, 60s-era film gear into the middle of Jordan or wherever they filmed it, like, wouldn't have been an easy task, so... Totally. And yeah. not that these movies are of the same caliber, but it's similar to like like Avatar mm. is long and uh, I mean, one of the best movies of the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was made to show off these technical achievements. It, it kind of was, for you sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, Avatar is not a great movie, but no. I sat in that theater in, in that 3D movie and I was like, I'm flying with the Navi. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I truly felt that I was one of them. Yeah. But I think a key point is that I feel like 50 years from now, we're going to watch Avatar and be like, wow, this is a cinematic classic. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. So there's obviously-, there's obviously Do you like, want me to quit right before we end this show? <laughs> no, we won't say it's a cinematic classic. We'll be like, oh, I can't believe they're screening this at the Avatar land. <laughs> and here we are at Avatar World <laughs> watching Avatar. Amy's about the to The last explode. airbender. <laughs> 
Uh, I guess uh, yeah. I don't know where I'm where I'm where I'm. I th- I Sam think- Worthington is the new Peter O'Toole. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're saying is that, yeah, it's fucking long, and a lot of great movies are also long. Yes. But mm-hmm. this one, I think I, I would agree that it didn't fully earn the length necessarily. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. I think there's some there's some moments where it really does feel like they're just, like, milking, milking their shots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost, almost sometimes, the... almost, like, almost sometimes comic purport. Like, I felt like there was, like, sequences of that film where it was just, like, wide sweeping like or, like um overture over like wide pans yeah and then yeah. like dialogue scene wide sweeping overture <laughs> long pans dialogue scene wide yeah. sweeping and it was <laughs> yeah. just like there was a there was a bit there where that was just the rhythm of the movie and i was like okay we get it it's a long walk it, yeah it reminded me of like when you watch an, a sitcom from the 90s and they always cut to an establishing shot like on friends of the apartment building and there's like that <laughs> yeah. little sizzle beat <laughs> It was like that, but in a movie. Like every time but, they cut to the desert, it's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, but way longer. It's, yeah, with that epic sweeping score. It's like that, but it won an Oscar. Yeah. Just ten minutes of slap bass. Panning across the desert. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Oh fuck. Yeah. So like. Why th- is it so hot? <laughs> I mean, I think that I think we do have to mention that. Like, it is funny. Like, some of the filmmaking choices are a little, a little funny. Yes. Now they haven't aged mm-hmm. like, like, like that pattern or like. I remember there was that whole sequence where like they kept cutting to the sun mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you yeah. get it? It's hot, <laughs> and they did it like three times, and yeah. every time it was like, boo, yeah, boo. Yeah. It's like we okay, yeah, like. There were some times where I thought there was it was treating me uh, like really trying to hold my hand or something. And it's like, yeah. no, I understand. The desert's hot and it's dangerous. You've, that's <laughs> yeah, all, that's I, all you've been talking about. I like, don't need help on that. I need help on the intricacies of the Arabian militia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I really, I, like, <laughs> like I don't understand. Yeah, these tribal blood feuds. Like, <laughs> oh, good yeah. movie. It, it is good. I'm, it's one that I'm very glad I can say like it's it's checked off my movie bucket list, right. so to speak. Truth. Yeah. And Truth. whether I choose to watch it again or not. At least I've done it once. Absolutely. Yes. I felt similarly. I recently saw 2001 A Space Odyssey for the first time. Mm-hmm. And when that ended, I was like, cool, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, now you can say yeah. you saw After it. After Lawrence yeah. of Arabia, I was like, cool, I've seen it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Just one of those movies. One of those old movies. One of those old movies. Any, okay. We got any, do we have anything else? Anything else to add? Not about Lawrence, but um, some alumni of Broken Picture Podcast have been in the news recently. Oh my God! Yeah, let us. Oh Jesus, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> we have to take a minute to address this. Yes, Brad, I think you should discuss our sweet, news item number one. sweet, sweet boy, sweet, sweet Daniel Kubelblock has uh, shuffled off his wizardly coil. Uh, rest in peace. Take a moment. His life was magic, <laughs> and so are we. So are we. And so are we. Yeah, that's a so I uh, so he probably jumped off a boat. Yes, like they've ruled out it's not an accident. I he believe did it. so. Okay. The eyewitnesses say that he jumped. All right, yeah, off, off the coast of, of Newfoundland, right? off the coast of Newfoundland. Jesus, yeah. yeah. And so Canadian authorities searched for him in the water for a couple of days, and then had to call up the search because they didn't find anything, and his survival rate was slim to none. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. 
Yeah, that's a bummer. That's fucking that's crazy. A bummer, because yeah. like Very as sad. as we will find out in a few weeks, it's one of our favorite worst movies. It's someone's number one worst movie they've seen. <laughs> someone had a trans. Someone in this room had a transcendent experience. Maybe. Uh, yep. <laughs> All we can hope yeah. is that whoever made those subtitles lives on. Yes. Please keep doing. Oh, they're ha- they're, I'm sure they're happy to live somewhere. Uh, anyway. Doing God's work. Yeah, truly though, like rest in peace, Daniel. Yes, yeah. that was very, God. very yeah. sad and surprising. Yeah, when yeah. I found that out. Uh, yeah. very big thanks to number one super fan Gary Bowman for yep. telling us that that <laughs> happened. Uh, somehow it had passed us all by. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to chalk that up on my end for it being, like, it happened during TIFF, so I was just, like, in a movie theater for a week of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just going to say I believed in his magic and just assumed he'd live forever. Yeah. Mm. So. That's a sad one. Yeah. Uh, but the next item of news, Amy, I think <laughs> belongs to you. Okay. I'm going to pull up the article so I can read some uh, some choice <laughs> quotes from this. And <laughs> this is, I think, going to delight everyone. So as uh, as many of our regular listeners will know, um, Todd Standing is Fuck the maker you, <laughs> of Discovering Bigfoot. Uh, and the I've man, been, the legend. I've been baiting him to sue us, yeah. essentially, for slander <laughs> um, since we watched that film because I believed... I believed that he would if he ever found out about us. And this just proves that I'm probably right. So uh, a British Columbia court has thrown out a lawsuit that claimed the provincial government has committed a, quote, dereliction of duty by failing to protect the Sasquatch as a threatened or endangered species. And this lawsuit was put forth by none other than Todd Standing. Fuck you, Todd. (laughs) God damn it, Todd. Uh, and the province called the lawsuit frivolous and abusive process lacking an air of reality and applied <laughs> to have the case dismissed, saying standing statements of fact are ultimately incapable of proof. Yeah. Yeah. If they, they, need, put, uh, they put it very well. They put it very they, they took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I think if the court ever needs like character witnesses, we're happy to fly out to, to BC <laughs> to and BC. Uh, yeah. We'll, we will give be at testimony. Your, be at your yep. beck and call. Yeah, absolutely. Anything to Anything to troll, Todd. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything I can to troll this man. I will travel this country. <laughs> yep. So does Todd live in BC then? I think he must. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. I think he must. Um yeah, so it, it says uh, BC Supreme Court Justice Kenneth Ball finds no issue with BC's lack of Sasquatch recognition. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> is actually in the news. This is so funny. It's ruling, in the law. Yeah. Ruling that no duty was owed to standing to support a view on the existence of any creature. Ball finds none of standing's legal rights have been breached by the province and approves the application to reject the lawsuit, ruling the action has no reasonable prospect of success. Standing has had claimed BC's position breached several of his charter rights, including the right to equal treatment regardless of personal characteristics, but Ball disagrees. Quote, a belief in the existence of the Sasquatch is not an immutable personal characteristic. (laughs) (laughs) Slammed! Burned him! Oh, slammed by the Canadian judicial system. Oh, my God. Oh, sick law burn. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Justice Kenneth Ball. That was dope. That, uh, yeah, that was a dope slam. Uh, yeah. Classic Kenny Ball. Um, yeah, Just so having a ball. <laughs> so that's our update on uh, some of our past uh, 
well, yeah. not faces. This is a podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> past characters, past characters, faces we've seen, faces we've seen we that seen you've them. heard about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh fuck. Yeah. Oh Todd. You know, <sighs> honestly, man, it's the least you deserve. For dragging these old men out to the woods. Probably, and, and more, probably. Showing Just them, yeah, them apples showing and Showing them apples and gloves <laughs> on a fucking stick. And Jesus being like, Christ. Proof! Honestly, I'm going to sue Todd. I, the apples are this. gone. I'm suing Todd. <laughs> for wasting apples. For, and our time. And our time. Oh, my God, for yeah. Wasting apples? <laughs> I mean, apples are real and actually have value. Could you sue someone for making a bad apple pie? <laughs> what a waste of apples! But I guess that's in like the that's in the court records forever, presumably now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah. Sure. For, it's in the his, it's in the history sue. books now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god. And so, and I guess it's officially legal that there's no such thing as a Sasquatch. Yeah. So in the eyes of the law and Justin Trudeau, Todd, you're fucking wrong, bud. <laughs> There's nothing out there. No, yeah, not that it needed to take the law to disprove him. No, no. you just have to watch, uh, what is it, searching for Bigfoot? Discovering, Discovering Bigfoot. Bigfoot. You can watch that and you'll know it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy in a mask and a bunch of apples uh. and one footprint. Whoa, I never considered this. Do you think it's Todd in the mask? Like he set up the camera and then went oh put on the mask. I hope that's what I, I really hope that's <laughs> What's was the more case. sad, Todd alone or that Todd has some friend that's willing to do this? I think it's more sad if he's a friend who's willing to help him. Yeah, or a wife. Mm. Or, a wife. or a husband. I don't or know. Or husband. Todd. We don't know his yeah, we don't know his situation. I have trouble. <laughs> this is oh no, it's too mean. I can't say I have trouble imagining anybody <laughs> loving Todd. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I agree. I feel like he'd be a tough man to love. Yeah. For sure. A little preoccupied, uh, I think he is. Yeah. What if he sues us and he turns out to be a lovely man, though? He can't be. <laughs> There's no way. Right, we watched enough. that movie that he made, and if that's how he saw himself. Mm, oh, my. That's, that, that's the thing. He, he loves himself. Todd loves Todd. <laughs> And Todd loves Todd hunting hunting hairy creatures in the forest. Yeah. Yeah. That he believes are there. And well, not, not only that, he believes he's an expert on. Yeah. Yeah, and he believes. He believes he's, and, not, and not even the fact that like he's being like, guys, Sasquatch is real. He's like, we have to protect them as a species. Yes. Yeah. As if, as if everyone's already like, oh, yeah, we all believe. That's also why it's an yeah. extra level of insufferable. And not only we have to protect them as a species, but the country isn't doing enough to protect yes. them as a species. This government isn't protecting these imaginary friends I have in the forest. <laughs> oh, Todd. Boy. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> You're just wrong, bud. Give it up. Stop. Stop it, just Todd. Just stop, Todd. Stop, Todd. Stop, Todd. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. We've talked for a good long time. Yeah. It's been nice. Our next episode, we don't know when it will be yet. Yes. When it will be. 
Yes. But we know but we what know, it will be. But we know be. what it will be. What's it going to be, Amy? Remind, remind everyone. We are, so as our, as our final search for the worst, because we had many, we had quite a few films that we wanted to tackle in our mm-hmm. search for the worst. Yes, there's always more. We decided to compile three together for one sort of super DIY epic to counterbalance the three hours and 45 minutes of Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. So we will be watching A Talking Cat. A talking cat? A talking cat. <laughs> uh, which features none other than Eric Roberts as the voice of a talking cat recorded on a cell phone in his living room. <laughs> All of his lines? Ooh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I've seen this already. I'm so excited to watch it again. I've seen clips of it, but I haven't seen the whole I've thing. I've seen nothing. Is it obvious that it's recorded oh, on a cell phone? Oh, Brad, you're in for a treat, bud. I'm so wow. excited. <laughs> so, so, sorry, just so we're clear, we're going to record an episode of a podcast that it'll be of higher quality than the movie we are speaking about. Yes. I feel like we've already cleared I mean, that we've bar. We've probably already cleared that bar. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. But definitely, yes. Um, so we're doing that, and we are doing a film called Turks in Space, mm-hmm. which we had found forever ago, I think for mm-hmm. the IMDb top and bottom 20, and yeah. then didn't end up doing it, and later found out it is none other than a sequel to our beloved Turkish Star Wars. One of the greatest mm-hmm. movies I've ever seen. So that's very exciting. Yeah. I'm still really holding out for it to be about Turk and Carlos. It's gross. <laughs> In space. In space. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, we are ending with a, a newer uh, notorious bad film, uh, The Snowman. Starring Michael Fassbender and Val Kilmer. I can't believe Michael Fassbender's in it, and I can't <laughs> wait to see him in a, such a dumb movie. Detective Harry Hole. <laughs> Inspector. Inspector. Harry Hole. Sorry. Excuse us. Yes. <laughs> uh, must respect his ranking, of course. Of course. Um, so those are the three, and that will be our final film review search for the worst. Yeah. And, and then our final two episodes are uh, an all-encompassing retrospective where we talk about things we really loved things we really didn't love, our favorite quest for the best, our favorite search for the worst. Just just a stroll down memory lane. Stroll down memory lane yeah. to uh, to wrap up this journey we've taken. Yeah, yeah. I've planned a two-hour tribute to Daniel Kubelblock, <laughs> uh, which I will walk us through. <laughs> <laughs> that episode will be six hours long. <laughs> uh, released all at once, not episodically. No, yeah. yeah. No, what are we, serial? No. No, 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 no. no. Um, so in the meantime, uh, I mean, go back and look at everything we've ever made. It's still on SoundCloud. It's still on our website, brokenpicturepodcast.com. And iTunes, Stitcher, uh, I guess Pod it's all Bay. still there. I was going to su- there. I was going to say you can subscribe. I mean, we're going to stop making these. But I mean, like, maybe not forever necessarily. Who knows? Yes. If well, there, I mean, we know a Furious movie. There's always going to be a Fast there's and Furious a, movie. So that enough is a reason to subscribe on iTunes Sound. Uh, SoundCloud. Well, you can follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pod Bay, uh, basically everywhere you get your podcast. We're basically there represented. Yeah. You can find us and everything we ever did. Um, and you can still follow us on Twitter at BBPcast, and you can find us on Facebook, just Broken Picture Podcast. There. Hop on the internet and validate us. Yeah. Please, please <laughs> give give us all the nice reviews and and leave some comments as as we begin slowly bow out. This is oh, the first yeah. quarter of our bow out. Yes. <laughs> And uh, of course, feel free to cyberbully Todd. And oh, yeah, hell yeah. Tell them Amy sent you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Troll Todd, and um, that's all we got today. And um, shout out to Gary Marlene. Always. And, and as always, fuck you, Todd. Fuck you, Todd. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs>